Hey, Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen. Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty. And I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily, most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily, thoughts and comedy from Broadway super fans. From Broadway Superfans. Emily. Patty. Six months ago, oh. we started this podcast. Happy birthday, happy podcast. Par- happy half birthday, <laughs> podcast. That's fucking crazy because I still say to everyone, we just started a podcast. I know. We just launched a podcast. <laughs> I think when we email people for interviews, our like, our spoiler alert form email <laughs> that we send out to people who don't know us is like, we case, recently yeah, started we, a podcast. Yeah. Which I guess six months is recent. Sure, yeah. I, st- I think recent still applies. It's established, right. which would be, I think, two years We were named um, one of Playbill's eight yes. uh, podcasts to listen to yes. in the theater stuff. Thanks, Robbie. <laughs> um, but how exciting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We just bought some microphones and a board and started talking into them. Yep. And six months later... We're still doing we're it. We're doing it. <laughs> Like, what have we achieved? I mean, we've definitely achieved We've cool achieved things. a lot. But I was like, what do we won? We talked to Carolee Carmelo. That's the yeah. real prize. Mm. That's the true winner. And that's a win for all of us because you everyone. guys get to listen to it. Yep. It's a win You're welcome. for everyone, including <laughs> Carolee. Well, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Exposure. <laughs> we're giving her so much exposure. <laughs> she needs it. Yep. Yeah. We're yes. really helping her. Yep. That three-time Tony nominee. <laughs> That drama desk nominee. nominee. Yeah. We We got to talk to her again. Oh my God. It was very exciting. That drama desk meet the nominees event was crazy. Very chaotic. Um, But it was really fun. It was fun. We had a good time and I'm glad we were there. We, I mean, it was extremely chaotic and we got to talk to a fraction of the people that were there. Yeah. I I looked at who, because we were at the Tony thing last year. Mm. We were rejected this year. Mm. Um, Hmm. But (laughs) we talked to, I think, more people at the Drama Desk thing than the Tony thing. Like a couple couple more people. Not many, but a couple more. But I'm super happy with all the interviews we did, but it was like we kept seeing people and being like, oh, good this person's here, this person. We didn't get to talk to any of them. No, <laughs> no. But it was like a really short event. There was not enough time allotted for the number of news outlets that were there and the and number, the of, number nominees of nominees that were there. And yeah. a lot of the nominees were like, hi, matinee. And um, they were also like, hi, I'm more important than podcasts. Yep. Which I'm, isn't wrong. It's not right, but it isn't wrong. Right, right. <laughs> Including Miss Kate Baldwin. Oh, Kate Baldwin. <laughs> but I can't be mad at Kate Baldwin because she made all my dreams come true. Because what happened was, first of all, we talked to Carolee Carmelo. It's it was true. fantastic. I kissed her on the cheek. It was the greatest thing mm-hmm. ever. We chatted with her. It was wonderful. Um, and then... Kate Baldwin was like standing behind her and Carolee was like, Kate Baldwin. And Kate Baldwin was like, Carolee. And they hugged and I freaked the fuck out mm-hmm. and was like fumbling to get my phone out. Kate Baldwin saw that, made eye contact with you and then said like, oh, oh Emily, Emily needs, needs a, a photo of, of this <laughs> and turned Carolee around. And then I took a picture of them and then I melted into a puddle of happiness. And that is my resting form now. Yeah. Yeah. A puddle of happiness. <laughs> 
It was um, amazing. Also because like Kate Baldwin looks so excited. Yeah. And Carly's like, what's going on right now? Yeah. And okay, to back up a little bit, Kate Baldwin did not think she was too big for us. Right, right. right I don't know right. what her life is, but she wasn't at the event very long. Yeah, She's yeah, a yeah. busy, busy lady. God, she looked gorgeous and though. It was, it was crazy. It was nonsense. And right. I think she just ducked in and out. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's, got, she's got a kid, so who knows? You know what? Whatever. She's fabulous. And we took a picture of her with, with Carolee Carmelo. Yeah. And there's literally nothing else that could make me happy. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? It but, was gorgeous. Yeah. If you haven't listened to our interviews, you should go listen to them. Yeah. Because great we are in inspired by intrepid New York Times reporter, Ben Brantley, who loves a female empowerment musical, mm. to <clears throat> ask everyone what their favorite female empowerment musical is. Yeah. It was awesome. To varied results. It was, it was fun. Yeah. I do think, like, when you go back, when I listened to it back, I was like... Pretty much all the women, all but like one, are mm-hmm. like, female empowerment musical? Oh, what a great question. Yeah. This one. And the guys, to varying degrees, are like, female empowerment <laughs> musical. And you know what's good about that? They've never thought about it. Well, that, we talk to more men than women. Yeah. Which which is weird, too, because we did that at the Tony's thing, too. I think it's just the people that came to us. Sure. But I thought that was interesting. Right. But that obviously I want to talk to everyone and I certainly want to talk to women about female empowerment musicals, right. but it's very right. important but like to talk when you to say, men about What's your favorite female empowerment musicals? musical to a woman? They were all like, oh, uh, this one. Yeah. And the guys were like, what qualifies as a female empowerment musical? Let me think about it. Yeah. And we're like, nobody's not only like, I don't think anyone's ever asked any of those people that question. Right. I don't think anyone's ever asked that <laughs> question before. So good on us. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, whatever fight the patriarchy (laughs) in the musical theater world yeah well in the world yeah but yeah but people think that musical theater is like you know well especially new musicals which aren't as you know you sit there and you think oh carousel you know right right, right, right. (laughs) another musical we're going to talk about in a little bit um also is not but um even shows today, which aren't necessarily outwardly misogynist, they just aren't characters almost. Right. You know what I mean? Right. right. And, well, I think that there's like a, I, I just feel like there's like this generalized feeling that people are like, musical theater is not like the rest of the world. It's much more like, like equality based. And I don't, I think that's like a weird thing that people sort of think, but then when you actually look at it, you're like, never mind, it's just as sexist as everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Carolee Carmelo is amazing. That's it, all. Yeah. It was also interesting at that Drama Desk event because the Drama Desks nominate on and off Broadway mm, shows. Mm. And I honestly don't know what qualifies the season of off Broadway and also I know that there's like the size limit of theaters. I'm not sure what the cutoff is, but it's just so much broader that there's just so many more shows Mm. that are available to um, be nominated that there were so many shows we hadn't seen. Right. Or heard of, which you feel like an asshole, but what are you going to do? There's so many. We're in New York City. There's a million shows. Well, and also... Also, sometimes the drama desks nominate things that haven't officially opened yet. Oh. And that really fucking confuses Hmm. me. Or maybe that's the OCCs. I don't know. I think it's both of them. Yeah. Well, because... uh, Because there are things that will, like, go for... 
I feel like there was one this season, but I can't, I would need to look at a list. Mm. Well, because of that, though, we didn't know who all these people were, which you don't a lot of times anyway, because like the tech people, right. how often do we see what sound designers look, look like? like? Never. Oh, God. So the helpful thing was that everyone was given like their award nomination certificate and a lot of people were like holding them up, especially if they were a little more unknown. Um, But they were also just sort of holding them (laughs) in like a haphazard (laughs) fashion. So Emily and I would, we were like looking around. We spent a lot of time like maneuvering our heads (laughs) being like, what's that? What's that saying? What's that? Who's that? Oh, stop What's moving. That? What stop show moving. is that? Stop moving. Oh, don't. I can't I read think, it. No. Nope. Okay, I think the first letter is my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We figured that one out. Yeah. Um, but it was funny. <laughs> yeah, and we saw an older gentleman oh, who was man. wearing a baseball cap that said The Visit. And we it's... were like, who is that? We weren't sure. And we like looked it through our lookbook and we weren't man? sure. Right. And then later I was looking at the step and repeat photos and was like, nah, that was Terrence McNally. Uh, and we definitely could have interviewed him, but we didn't, we weren't sure who he was. But you know what? Old white men, last... you just look like old white men. I don't well, know he was also one are. of the last people to come through right. and we were like, done. done. <laughs> yeah, we were like being such divas. We would have rallied for Terrence McNally Absolutely. if we had known because ragtime. Rag but. Oh my God, I would have oh, loved wow. to have asked him what his favorite female empowerment music was. Oh, he probably would have said the visit. Oh, the, that works the show too. that he's working on oh, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that though. media training where you're like, what an interesting question. My show is about this. And you're like, that's not what I asked. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you just went into your prepared speech. It's not what we're looking for over here. Mm-mm. <laughs> but anyway, that was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. And again, the Drama Desks will be on May 31st, hosted by Laura Bonanti, and you can stream them online. Yeah, please stream them online. Somebody, can you just film your computer screen and film? Because we Yeah, we're going to be, be in beautiful Milburn, New Jersey. Yeah, seeing the opening night of Ever Fucking After. Mm-hmm. So excited. So we won't be able to stream live. Yeah, so we're going to miss it. And then it's just gone forever. It's gone. I don't understand why it's not. I want to watch it. It's not made available? Yeah, I don't know. I want to fucking watch it. I want to watch Laura. I mean, maybe somewhere because I do know that maybe somebody like ripped it or something because it was Kristen Chenoweth. But when Kristen Chenoweth hosted it, it was like on YouTube and I watched it like after the fact hmm. at some point or maybe it was just clips it was like just like clips of just her bits hmm. or something but i've watched kristen chenna with host host when she hosted yeah, the drama desk. i remember that i think i watched some of the clips too i think it was clips right because she had a really funny joke about legally blind oh yeah <laughs> that's all i remember hmm. also it was in a time period when kristen chenna would host the drama desk oh, so you imagine her hosting the funny? drama desks now no <laughs> no she's hosting, hosting the, the tonys, tonys. exactly <laughs> Well, the other thing that we did today besides this podcast (laughs) is all morning we've been going through playbills and playbills and monkeys and playbills and playbills and monkeys and monkeys and playbills and And finalizing the Schmazy Award categories and the recipients. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're new to Patty and Emily, um, you maybe don't know that the Schmazy Awards are our awards that we give out to theater shows mm-hmm. um, mostly broadway musicals mostly broadway musicals although we have some categories that are open eligibility mm-hmm. um to anything we saw the biggest stipulation is that um things are only eligible if both of us have seen them yes. so things that like 
Patty hasn't seen Rebecca Naomi Jones in Hedwig yet, so she was not eligible for exceptional replacement casting. But otherwise, mostly Broadway musicals. Yeah. But yeah, there are awards and they're awesome. Yeah. And again, that's because like the drama desks, there's too many shows. So we had to put some sort of... Sure. Can't be everything. I know. And we don't feel like we see... A broad spectrum enough of the off-Broadway to really, you know, it's not really fair. Yeah. There's so much off-Broadway that we don't see. Right. Yeah. So the categories will be announced on May 18th and also other information on like when the award actual awards will be announced uh, will come out with that information. Yeah. It's exciting. There's some new stuff this season. New stuff, old stuff, same stuff. Same stuff. Great jokes. Uh (laughs) Jokes, jokes, jokes. Two other things about today. Sad times. Dr. Zhivago closes. Mm. So frustrating. I hope y'all saw it because we saw it twice and I fucking loved it. It was great. It was great. I really, even more, like the first time I was like, God, I can't, you know, I was expecting to have like a Jekyll and Hyde reaction to this Mm -hmm. show. Like a what a piece of trash, but I love it anyway. And I was like, no, no, legitimate love. Legitimate love. It's really good. And the second time I was like, legitimately, this show is fucking amazing. Yeah. God damn it. I don't. I mean, I do understand the comment about it sort of feeling out of its time. Sure. Like it does have that feeling of the late 80s, early 90s. But I don't know. Again, I like it. That's just one of those things that I, I don't like consider it. a bad thing. Right. And people still, here's what I don't understand. People still love those musicals. They right. still love Les Mis. Right. They still love Phantom. Ugh. They still love Miss Saigon, which right. is in London and is most right. likely coming here. So I don't understand when it's a new musical that has that same sort of vibe, um, why it's not received as well. And it doesn't feel like Dated. stale no, or reductive. Not. I don't feel that at all. I don't get it. People are stupid. I have no, I don't know. I don't understand. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It kind of makes me think of like how, I don't know, like Honeymoon Vegas, people were like, oh, like stylistically, it's sort of like a throwback. Yeah. You know, and you were fine with that. I mean, you weren't fine with that. Most people weren't fine with that show. I think most people just didn't want to see it, but the people who went to see it were fine with it. Right. But like stylistically, like what's the fucking problem? Yeah, I don't know. Also, the show was fucking great. It was great. Amazing actors. Fucking unreal costumes, great show, music, all of it. Paul Nolan. The fuck? Kelly Barrett. I have now fallen in a deep love with Kelly Barrett Mm. as a musical theater actress because she's fucking wonderful. Yeah, she's great. Oh, she's amazing. Well, it's also Mother's Day. Happy Mom's Day. Happy Mother's Day, mothers. Mother. (laughs) Mother. From Ragtime. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, Marin Amazing. It's her birthday? No. It's Leslie Margarita's birthday. God, why did I say birthday? I'm just I don't sleeping. know. <laughs> I meant Happy Mother's Day, Marin Amazing. A Marin Amazing. We just spent like seven hours going mm. through Schmazies. Yeah. So I'm like... Long day. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't sleep much last night. It's just... I'm a wreck. Yeah. God, I'm a wreck every week. What's wrong with me? We're busy. Yeah. You don't sleep enough in general. That's true. <laughs> Well, part of the reason you're a wreck is because you were in Boston this weekend. That's true. And you saw a show there. Yeah, I did. I saw Detroit by Lisa Damore, which I missed um, when it was in New York. Mm -hmm. And I was really fucking glad I went to see it. It was at the Apollinaire Theater Company. um, And it was fucking great. I mean, A, obviously it's an amazing show. It's Mm -hmm. incredibly well written. It was like a Pulitzer finalist. Right. um, And it won like the OB for Best New Play. Mm Mm-hmm. 
It's really good. The actors were fantastic. Like it was like an all around, you know, like small, low budget. Sure. Um, but really, really good. I good. really, really enjoyed it. I'm really glad that I saw it. And uh, it closed today. So, so if you're in Boston, you, you missed can, it. You missed it. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa Demore, who also wrote Airline Highway, Airline Highway, one of yeah. our our faves from this season. Yeah, she's fucking great. Yeah, man. she and writes great. Now we shows. know. Yeah, now we you know. You know, like I think when Detroit was here, it was a situation where we were like, maybe we'll see a play. Right. You know, right. and now we really now try like, to make more yeah, of an Yeah, well, it's effort. also like the credibility of like, you know, you go and see, like, you know, it goes both ways for good and bad. You see one, you know, we saw Airline Highway and we're like, this show was great. It was fantastic. Yeah. You know, enjoyed this work. Um, and if like, you know, this six months from now, they were like, oh, this other Lisa show is coming up. We would be like, oh, we liked Airline Highway. Like, let's go check out yeah. that. And so seeing Detroit, I was like, oh, like. One was good, two was great. Now every time she does a show, yeah. I will see it because I know she's good people. Yeah. She writes good stuff. Reverse thing is what happened to me with Neil Butte. I saw one, I hated it, and I was like, give him one more chance. Saw a second one, hated it. We'll never see one of his shows mm. ever again. Because I fucking hated both mm. of those shows I saw. I don't know that I've had that experience with a play or a musical, but definitely with Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's the worst. How, what did you read of his? I read The Sun Also Rises. The whole thing? Yeah. The, he's a short. He does. Oh, I don't. I've never read any of his stuff. That's oh, okay. He just, he writes very succinctly. And um, by succinctly, I mean simplistically. Short, dumb sentences. You don't think he's that a good I'm writer? Like he could write. Whoa. And he Wait, is, so what do people like about his writing? Well, or which, he, which speaking things of do misogynist. Like? Oh, great. I don't, I off the top of my head can't think of what his important works are. I feel like Hemingway is like a name I know more than like yeah. his actual stuff. The Old Man in the Sea, that's the other Hemingway I wrote, which, I mean, I wrote it. <laughs> I read, which I also hated. And then after the second one, I was like, nope, I'm nope. done. Yeah. I'm done. A Farewell to Arms is also one of his well-known books, For Whom the Bell Tolls. That one I know because um, there was this comic strip I used to read, you know, in the Sunday Times when I was growing up mm -hmm. that had like a joke where like, you know, the kids come back from summer break and one of the, you know, someone's like sitting in class and the teacher's like, to whom the bell tolls, tolls something, something, something. Yeah. And the, the uh, class is like, uh-huh. And she's like, if you'd read the book, you would know that that line is funny. <laughs> and everyone's like, ha, 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 oops, I read it. Ha, 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 just yeah, kidding. yeah, totally. I get it. It's cool. I don't remember what comic strip that was. Hmm. I don't know. Something that was a family. Family circus? No, definitely No, because that's just circus. a one panel. <laughs> yeah. 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 Ooh, I forget. No clue. Anyway, Ernest Hemingway is terrible. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> don't. Don't need to try. Now I'm trying to think if that's true of, of any playwright that I've seen. Which Neil Abute shows have you ever seen? I've never seen None. a Neil okay. Abute show. Don't see him. And so I was going to say, based on that, poop. I maybe would certainly not pay for it. Right. But just especially because of how terrible most people I know say he is, I yeah. almost want to experience it. Yeah. You know I what mean, I mean? I would say, sure, don't pay for it. Right. No, 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 no. Um, and I know David Mamet is sort of... Like he's either people who think he's really great or he has really bad ones. And I've only seen Speed the Plow, which I enjoyed. Right. And I've only seen the anarchist. <laughs> right. I sort of I love him nonsense. and Neil Labute together. 
because I think they're the same sort of right. like straight guy, yeah, sort I had of macho no playwrights. Super strong feelings about the anarchist. Like I didn't think it was as awful as most people were saying it was. It certainly had some issues. Mm-hmm. Like the issue that I had with the anarchist was that the the char- the two characters were supposed to have known each other for a long, long period of time, mm-hmm. of like ten to 20 years I think Mm -hmm. and so when you've known someone that long like obviously there's a lot of shortcuts in your conversation but as a playwright you can't shortcut your audience right he completely shortcut the audience and they would reference things that were never explained and there were so many things that like there were so many holes in the entire show because they would say things and reference things and make comments with no context oh, whatsoever. It's like when you're with your friend and they they run into an old friend right. and, and you're like they're, I have no they're, fucking you're just idea standing what you're there about. and they're like, yeah. "Oh, do you remember, you know who I ran into the other no. day?" And you're like, do, okay. do, 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 do. Oh, I'm so glad yeah, you guys are That's yeah. funny. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Yeah. Um cuz it was it was mm-hmm. I barely even remember. I think Patty Lapone was a terrorist. What? And then Deborah Winger was her. I guess lawyer. that makes sense if it's called the anarchist. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? T- but I don't remember anything beyond that. Mm. And Patty Lapone had a ponytail wig. Oh. I think. Mm. I don't remember that. Sassy. That's it. And I remember the pull quotes on the outside of the theater were not from the anarchist. Don't you remember that? Were they like it was about like a, David Mamet? Yeah. No, no, oh, no, no. They, they were, were like about, about it was like actresses, it was like Patty right? Lapone is fucking incredible. She's the greatest actress of our time. And it was a pull quote from like ten years ago. And like Deborah Winger's pull quote was from like a movie she'd done like fifteen years earlier. Like, Deborah <laughs> Winger is exquisite. And you're like not. I mean, not not in this, right? But like that quote is not from this. It's show. Not about this. It's not about her performance in this show, right? Oh, God, that was I how I think that's quotes. when I started by like hash my hashtag like out of context. I forget what it was. I had a poll. I had a hashtag that I used oh, for a while that was like yeah. inappropriate poll quotes or like hmm. out of context poll quotes or something like that. That's good. Out of context. Pull ambiguous. Quotes. That's what it was. It was ambiguous poll quotes because oh. I used all those anthem poll quotes I put up there. Oh God, those anthem poll wait, quotes. Wait, wait, wait. Let me see if I can pull them up because I put it on Instagram. You guys, anthem. I wish we had this podcast after we saw Anthem. I wrote a little thing on the on our website about it. So if you want to go back and read that, because that show was bonkers. Like if you ever are hearing about a flop show that sounds so crazy that you're like, how did this ever get produced? I wish I could have been there to see it. Anthem was one of those shows. 100%. Here's some of the pull quotes. Randy is imposing as the nasty Tiberius, Michael Musto. You can't help but be impressed by the aerial contortionist rotating two feet away from your face. (laughs) But how's the show? (laughs) That's a terrible boat quote. You can't help. Oh, my God. Because they're two feet away from your face. Yeah, I forgot about the aerial work in that show, in that small, small theater. Tiny, tiny theater. Wait, this one's even better. (laughs) (laughs) This is so terrible. The amount of talent on that stage is a pure shock to anyone fortunate enough to be a part of the audience. Fortunate? A pure shock. Pure shock. Like, that is such a ridiculous to be like, wow, I went to see the show and I was shocked that there were talented people in it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was shocked at the people that were in that show. This is my my other ambiguous poll quote. 
There is. There can only be one Adina Menzel. That's true. <laughs> and it's funny. Is that from If Then, I'm assuming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And see Broadway's biggest star live. I also tagged that one ambiguous. Who's that? Adina Who's Broadway's? Also. Oh, Adina Menzel. It's like that could be so many people. <laughs> right. Audra? Neil Patrick Harris? I think Audra McDonald is Broadway's biggest star. That's a good question. Like, what does that mean, though? Two people in the Broadway community or, like, who know Broadway or two people outside? Because uh, I would say outside, Broadway's biggest star is Hugh Jackman. Sure, yes, To, I like, agree. the world. Right. Currently. But I think Broadway's biggest star is Audra McDonald. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because Audra McDonald. I think Audra is one of those people that she's one of the very, in this day and age, mm-hmm. she's one of those very, very rare Broadway performers that is legit a Broadway performer, even though she's done TV work. Mm-hmm. She's not known for her TV no. work. She's known for her Broadway work. And she can sell a ticket. Oh, yeah. Because there's a lot of Broadway stars who can't sell tickets. Right. Because nobody can sell tickets to anyone. Yeah. Like, but Audra is actually one of those people who, like, based on her Broadway work alone, Sells tickets. Yeah. And that's fucking incredible in this day and age. She's because the best. everybody just wants Hugh Jackman's dick. I mean, <laughs> not everybody. There's 50% of the people in this room do not want Hugh Jackman's That's dick. true. <laughs> I do not. Uh, God, I don't, uh, I don't think I've ever seen him. What do you mean? What did I see him in? No, we've never seen him live in a right, show. Right, right, right. We were we went to that Les Mis press conference thing. We saw right, him right, right. there. Sure, sure, sure. But we've we, never actually seen one time him I in saw action. him scooting around the West Village. A scooter? Yeah. That's weird. Like not like a, a motorized scooter? scooter. Yeah, like razor a razor scooter. scooter. That's fucking weird. I took a picture of his back. It was like a creepy Instagram thing, but it was his back and he's Hugh Jackman, so well, I didn't yeah, feel no, bad what, about what, it. What, whatever. Yeah, of course. You have to. He's on a fucking scooter. Yeah. If I saw anyone <laughs> on a scooter, I would take a picture of him. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's nice weather out. So I don't know where he is right I now, but just, if he's in New York City still, he might be scooting around the West Village. I don't understand adults on scooters because <laughs> I wanted a scooter when I was like a Razor scooter when yeah. I was a kid because I thought they were fun and awesome. But like I am an adult and I walk. I don't know. Adults still use skateboards. But here's why that's different to me. Okay. I still think of a skateboard as like rollerblades, you know, where you're like... It's more of like a fun activity. And when I've, the times personal, from my personal experience, okay. times when I've seen adults on Razor scooters, mm-hmm. it's been in a, I'm running errands capacity. Like yeah, I've had people come into the coffee shop, like on a Razor scooter with like a grocery bag. And I'm like, why don't you just walk? Yeah, but don't you see adults on skateboards? All I see adults on skateboards all the time, like getting from point A to point B, like it's a bicycle. Which to me is what how people ride on a razor scooter. I don't know why razor scooter. For some reason, the razor Mm. scooter is weird. I mean, it's a little sillier, I guess, because you can't do tricks on a razor. I guess you can. I don't know. This conversation is nonsense. (laughs) Hugh Jackman starts discussions. I just think it's weird to be an adult on a razor scooter. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm so judgy right now. It's also really funny to see like giant Hugh Jackman on a razor. Sure. He's a big guy. And when I saw him, he was like, it was like Wolverine, Jean Valjean, Hugh Jackman. Oh, man. So he was big. <laughs> what was his hair like? It was a little long. He's wearing a baseball cap, mm. but like you could, you know, see it I'm coming surprised out of the that he doesn't cap. get like bombarded when he goes out. New York City's cool like that, man. New York City is cool, but it he's very It only famous. happens every now and then. And I don't like, it's just a few people, you know? Right. One time I saw it happen in Ben Stiller and he was like having none of it. When? It was... Didn't he do a show on Broadway 
I think he did. Yeah. Like a few years ago. He must have been going to his show. I'm going to look it up just to double check. Oh, yeah. He did the House of Blue Leaves. Mm. That's right. Okay. I'm looking at this. I think he might have been there because I think it was when we were doing the two-show day standing room at Book of Mormon because I remember like sitting there watching this happen. Uh-huh. happen and I think oh. he was going to his matinee. And he yeah. was like walking across the street. And then we saw these people walk past him walk and then back. Like, walk back and be like, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, he's like on his way to his fucking right. matinee. And they wanted a picture. And he was like, I really can't. And I do like, vaguely leave him this. alone. Yeah. Leave Brittany alone. That happened once I was working at a cafe a few, this was like six years ago, but I was working um, downtown and like we were the cafes right across the street from the Bowery Hotel. So mm-hmm. we had a lot of right. celebrities that came in all the time. And Keanu Reeves came in. Yeah. And then went to Whoa. and like sat outside in the outdoor space mm-hmm. um, to drink his coffee and was like as soon as he sat down, like ten people <gasps> who were inside the cafe no. like got up and went over to him. And he he like to his credit, like Signed autographs, took pictures, fucking left. Yeah. And I was like, dudes, it was like a nice Saturday morning. It was like a pleasant day in New York City. He wanted to sit outside and have coffee. And you ruined it for him. Who were those people? Do they seem touristy? I think some of them were tourists. Some of them were in general. I have no idea. You know, New Yorkers leave people alone. And that's one of our tips. Like, if you see someone on the street, Mm -hmm. don't stop Mm -hmm. them if you really want to and they're not like, Busy doing something else. Or relaxing on a nice Saturday having a cup of coffee. I also think it's about choosing your time, about drawing attention. Because I've had times where I was like, if there weren't other people around, I would do this. Yeah. But I don't want to draw attention to them and ruin their day. But yeah, so, you know, it's about not drawing attention, but also just like, say, uh, love your work or... Because if you stop, then then it's about you mm-hmm. which is fine because i have those moments sure. you know where you're like i sure. want a picture with this famous person so right. everyone knows i met this famous person right but, but it's more i think it's about um figuring out what is more valuable you being able to tell them how much your work their right. work means to you and or them being able to enjoy their day sure like if it's someone it also i think depends on how famous the person is sure somebody who like like, actually, I think the singular time I have ever bothered someone out of the mm-hmm. context of, like, an appropriate, what I deem an appropriate situation, like a stage door, yeah. when I've, like, bothered someone in public, was because it was Rebecca Drysdale mm. from UCB. <laughs> yeah. And she came into the cafe I was working at, and I had, like, recently watched her web series that's all about a time-traveling lesbian. Right. And was fucking obsessed with it. And it was, like, right... I think it was right after she had put out that It Gets Better song, maybe. Oh, yeah. And, that like... It was so great. You guys should look it, it up. so fucking great. And I actually tried to find time-traveling lesbian, and it's oh, not... Did she take it down? I think it's gone. Oh. I got really upset. Or I couldn't remember what the actual title of it was. Oh. I just was, like, time-traveling lesbian, Rebecca Drysdale. And, like, nothing came up. Mm. And I got really upset. But, anyway, yeah, she, like, came in... And I was like, no, this is so niche. This is so niche. Well, yeah. And I was like, I fucking love that web series. It's amazing. And then she she was really awkward and oh, was like, well. blah, blah. but the guy that she was with was like, oh, that's so awesome. Like, I'm like her <laughs> co-writer. Like, we yeah. wrote it together. Thank you so much. Oh, my God, that's awesome. We're here, like, working on a script for a new video, blah, blah. And I was like, that's so exciting. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. And she was funny. like, what the fuck? That's why you make videos, Rebecca, I don't know, so girl. people watch them. I used to have a really big crush on her. I mean, understandable. Yeah. Uh, she's a brilliant 
comedian. Yes. If you guys don't know who she is, yes. check her out. She's fucking amazing. What have we been talking about? I don't, I don't know. even remember. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, Carolyn Carmelo, Mother's Day. Kate Baldwin, Mother's Day. Okay. Ragtime. To get to the brunt of our discussion today, I think. Oof. Get ready for the next, like, three hours of your life. Thursday, we saw Zorba, exclamation, exclamation point, point. <laughs> at Encore City Center. Well, I guess at City Center, but it's produced Center. by Encore's yep. program. There Whatever. you go. The whole thing's confusing. Yep. Their playbills are ugly. <sighs> yeah. Why don't they? They used to have artwork. They yeah, they used did. That's to right. put artwork the, on their playbills, and they the, don't do it anymore. The Finian's Rainbow really one. I know. Yeah. It's gorgeous artwork. I don't know what happened. I don't know. It's also not pretty for the Instagram. No. I have to put the ticket on there, because otherwise all the fucking playbills look the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they clearly didn't think about Instagram when they made well, this Well, they should. <laughs> Hi, it's 2015. How do wow. you want people to know about your show? I mean, it's Encore, so like 90% of the audience is over the age of 90, so. And they loved it. <laughs> Reliving their glory days. I have no idea. They're still tied to. <sighs> Listen, like I've heard. Listen, all, going in, I was like Zorba. Okay, it has an exclamation point. I knew, like the things I knew about it. It's Greek. It's yeah. people being like, it's a sad show, or like it's yeah. a heavy show. Mm-hmm. It's Definitely serious subject matter, and it's always been a problematic show because of the serious subject matter. But it's like was trying to bridge this but be like an enjoyable musical or have this joyful character or something like that. That is literally what I knew about it. Yeah, that sounds and about that there was what some I knew sort also. of like narrator's type character. I didn't know that. I, I sort of like knew just that. Hmm. Um, and then I was like, fuck this noise. How the fuck did this show happen? I am so disappointed in Candor and Ebb. This is the like most sexist show I have ever seen in my entire life that I can think of right now. Like, I, you know, yeah. I'm sure there were others that were really sexist. But I really, you know, I was actually racking my brain because I was like, I don't want to, st- st- you know, go out there and say this is the most sexist show mm. I have ever seen because someone will prove me wrong. Well, and speaking of our earlier conversation, when you did post that, I was like, oh, I wonder if she means musical or is she also mm. considering Neil a butte? Because I think in that situation, again, not that any of it's right, especially the fact that they're still performing it in 2015 mm. neil abute writes shows now right and writes the words that he writes and this was yeah. written in what 56 mm. i think i'm gonna double check on that but i'm with you in that it that it's, it's awful i mean i hate neil abute and i yeah. think his work is trash i i think it is a f- oh so many mean things i could say about <laughs> him right now but just know that i absolutely loathe him and if i saw him in person i would want to spit in his face i wouldn't but i would want to i would want to be like i saw the break of noon and you're fucking disgusting that's what i would want to say to him you should be ashamed of yourself you're disgusting please never write anything ever the again the problem with doing that to someone like neil abuse is that it. he would jerk off on it yeah he would like so get off on it yeah he would be like that's why i write my shows yeah. Yeah, he'd probably be like, you just have penis on me. You really wish you could fuck me. And I'd be like, I, here comes a bus. Whoops, I pushed you. <laughs> don't do that. I, mean, Even I, I don't want to go to prison for murder. Because, but I mean, yeah. at some point you got to think about the betterment of society. <laughs> what? What year was it? Oh, <laughs> sorry. I got sidetracked. I still was looking up what Zorba was, but when Zorba was. Um, oh, wait. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I was totally wrong about the year. 68. 68. 68, but it was based... So, okay. 
It was based on a book written in 1952, and then there was a film of the same name from 1964, and then in 68 they did the musical, and there was a revival in 83. Here's how I feel about Zorba, the story, being adapted into anything. Um, this is going to sound extreme, but like, you don't fucking adapt Mein Kampf. You know what I mean? You don't fucking adapt well, something that's already shit. I mean, you do because people do it all the time. But like, why would you take something like whatever time period? Sure. Sure. But like, I think the way this show is sexist is like, even in 1968, Candor and Ebb, who have written such amazing, complex, beautiful female characters that are wonderful, mm-hmm. how the fuck did they write this? How the fuck did they say, I know, let's take this show where they murder a widow for rejecting a man for sex. Let's make a musical about that. Like, well, it's no, infuriating. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold I mean, on. I know that's not the entire plot of the show. That's not what the show is well, about. Well, I know, but the the problem with it is not that they made a musical about that. It's that the book, the original book, and even this musical, maybe possibly because it was when it was written also, there's no real resolution specifically to that storyline. If it were done in a manner in which that was deemed not okay by the people of Crete, where were they? Cyprus? No fucking idea. I think Crete. um, Then we may be having a different discussion right right now. But whether it's because of the thin book or because they didn't know how to actually get that across, I think maybe when this was put out uh, originally, it was like thought to be, they're like showing that this is bad, but they Mm. didn't actually show any consequences for it. Because you're not supposed to think she deserved it or that those people were in the right who murdered her. They just didn't show them. It's just all about Zorba being like, hey man, that's life. That's what happens. Let's move on. Okay. And you're like, you're a fucking rapist. So I don't know why anyone listens to you. Yeah. Because you're clearly have raped before. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah. Like, there's no fucking way that man's not, like, a multiple (laughs) rapist. He has been raping since he knew how to work his dick. Yeah. I fucking hated this show. It was not good. I was was antsy in my seats, and I wanted to leave. Yeah. I was so angry. Well, like, the first act is bad enough, and you think, oh, this character of Zorba, who's supposed to be some sort of, like, free-spirited philosopher of life. But he's um, also not, is horrible. He's not. So I had two issues with the show in general. One for womankind, one an extremely personal issue. (laughs) womankind issue aside from the second act which includes this murder Mm. this unnecessary and unjust and un uh uh punished murder the first act sets up the zorba character and it's that kind of sexism that thinks it's okay because they talk about how much they love women Mm -hmm. and love women's bodies but they still they still treat themselves to women's bodies as if right. they are there for the taking. Right. Where he's like, I love women. <clears throat> women are so beautiful. And like, I respect them because they're so amazing. And like, I couldn't live my life but without women. But then Zoe Wanamaker's like, stop touching me. And, and he doesn't. Like, no. And then of course, of course he wins her over. Yeah. And it's all just a flirtation. Oh my God. The entire thing with her character and him 
like everything that happened in the set. I mean, just the entire second. <laughs> the second. Like, can I, can somebody just find Ooh. every Ooh. single copy of Zorba and burn it? Oh, it's like it's like how we don't think like Into the Woods should never be done without the second act. Mm-hmm. Zorba should never be done with, with the second the act. Listen, Zorba should. Just I mean, well, right. Never it should happen. never be done. Like it should yeah. just not happen. Yeah. Well, my other issue that's completely personal is that. <laughs> There is this this type of character, this like free spirited mm-hmm. character that comes into these musicals and movies and books and shows and like tries to tell someone who is responsible <laughs> and like has their shit together that they like need to loosen up, man. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I, I I'm saying I because I see sure, myself sure, sure. in those other characters like Again, the hierarchy of issues with this show, this is on the bottom rung. No, but But like it goes hand in hand where you have Santino Fontana's character who's like an upstanding guy who uh, buys a I I don't know. He he does want. I did not really understand what the plot was. He was American, which I didn't realize until the very last scene. Well, he also was speaking with an American accent. The last scene. That's true. But he had a Greek name and it was never really established. No, I think it was. We just weren't paying attention. Maybe. I mean, it must have been, right? I don't. I mean, M- I wouldn't put it. Have it I, I have no idea. I wouldn't put it past anyway, him for not. So he like buys a mine, but then doesn't know anything about mining, and neither does Zorba. But he still lets Zorba come and help sure. him. But whatever. But the point is, he is like trying to just make money and have a business, and also like experience a different kind right. of life. But Zorba's like, "Hey, you gotta loosen up. You gotta go well, the, fuck the that widow, why it and you didn't gotta work ugh. because I don't have like a." across the board issue with the that trope yeah but it's like normally you want to see like the uptight character who hasn't like quote-unquote experienced life or whatever like they've been really sheltered yeah and then the person who's like you got to loosen up and like have all these life experience to learn but right right, they both have to learn yeah but this this wasn't even that that was like santino fontera santino's character was not we weren't, I don't believe, meant to think that he, like, hadn't experienced anything like mm-hmm. It's not like in Living Living on Love where he's like, you've never, you don't drink wine and you don't yeah. have a girlfriend or whatever. Like, he was like, I'm a normal dude. And Zorba wasn't like, let's experience life 500 days a summer or whatever. He was <laughs> like, well, I'm going to take all your money and spend it well, on, that's also like, true. women. And then I'm going to come back and be like, hey, man, you're so uptight. I know I spent all your money on women instead of on the equipment I was supposed to buy for the mine. But you just need to loosen up. It out. Like, go, what the fuck? Like, no, that is not Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Like, no, that is bullshit. You know what's so funny is that that's what I fucking said in that first <laughs> scene with, with Zorba, and San, Zorba and Santino Fontana. Right. I was like, he's girl in right. once. Yes. Because you he sits say. down, <laughs> yeah. he sits down and he's like, he just starts like saying things like, I know, I know all about you. You're this kind of person. You're right. this kind of person. And you're going to take me to Crete with you. And San- Santino's like, what? Yeah. And any normal person would stop there. Right. But you have to have a plot. So he's <laughs> like, okay. Right. And like, uh, again, to go back to this like horrific, unnecessary murder in the second act, Santino just, he's like, this is terrible. This can't stand. But then nobody does anything right. about it. He's like saying that and Zorba's like, hey man, life moves on. You just gotta chill out. Well, and I thought in the last, last scene where he like still lets those people who murdered the woman that he was interested in, Mm -hmm. maybe even in love with, work in his mind. Mm -hmm. And he's just standing Mm -hmm. there and they're all waiting for the explosion to happen. Um, 
they had to explode the mine a little bit to, yeah. I don't know, do something with mining. Um, <laughs> I don't know anything about mining. But, um, and they're just like standing around. And I was like, why isn't Santino murdering them? Well, sure, right because now? you know what the. Okay, so like when in Zhivago. Yeah. When um, Lara has to hang out with her former rapist. Right. And it's like wartime. And there's like, it's like one of those things where you're like, you should fucking kill this guy because he is awful and he raped you. Mm -hmm. But right now you need him. And Zorba was like, there's no stakes. There's no fucking stakes right now, guys. Like you could hold those people accountable for the murder. Yeah. But you're just like, hey, man, life goes on. Here's what I don't understand about that murder, aside from the general, uh, like, misogyny of it. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the, so, okay, here's what happened, class. Um, (laughs) There's, like, a vague scene where we find out there's a widow Mm -hmm. and all of the men of the village are pawing at her and, Mm -hmm. like, we want to fuck you uh, because you're not getting any. We know Mm -hmm. we should be the one to get some Mm -hmm. with you. And she she has, like, an admirer who sits outside her house every night and Adam like Chandler pines Barrett? for her. No, 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 no. The oh, that one, other guy, the yeah. guy, the other guy. Um, and well, she also outside. has Adam Chandler Brett, who well, is there's also um, mentally retarded. There's also the requisite so, slow great, person. Great, great, in a great. musical. You should always just keep doing the musicals that have uh, retarded characters in it. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Fuck. Um. <laughs> so <laughs> this guy is outside her house pining for her. And then his family is like, are you still doing that? Stop fucking doing that. She's not interested in you. And he's like, but I love... They're like, no, just leave her the fuck alone. What's wrong with you? Then he finds out that Santino Fontana and her have sex and he kills himself. Mm. He drowns himself in the river. Then his family is like to the widow, you stupid bitch. You're the reason... He's dead because yeah. you wouldn't fuck him. But they told him to right. leave her. Yeah, alive. and then None the men in the mine sense. murder her. Right. So I was like, also, it's just so, it's just, I can't <laughs> verbalize how infuriating it is. It's so, and it's, you know, just yesterday there was an article. There was a woman on the train like Friday night who, like in New York City, yeah, she was riding this. the train and mm-hmm. a guy you know, was coming up to her trying to like be like, hey, babe, let me get you a number. And she ignored him. And then he like started yelling at her or something like that. And like he spit on her and she started laughing at him. Right. And then he slashed her. So Zorba should die because how the I just don't understand how in like I just don't understand. I don't understand how you could produce a show like that. I don't understand how anyone could be okay with something like that when it's not like, it's not even like, oh, back in the day. It's like, no, yesterday a woman was slashed on the subway because a man wanted her phone number and she said no and he fucking slashed her. So don't fucking tell me that it's not a big deal because it is a big deal. You can't keep perpetuating this idea that like, like, and I just want to pull everyone in the audience. Like, I want to pull all those fucking old people mm-hmm. that were laughing during the show and thought it was funny and be like, I'm sorry. What did you think about that murder? Like, were you, are you on Zorba? Are you like, man, life goes on? Like, like, I think the show thinks that it's telling you that, like, even when the worst, most awful, horrible, terrible human tragedy you things happen, going. you have to keep yeah. going. But it's not doing that in a way that is actually getting that point across. No at all and i want to burn it 
I want it's to not a burn thing you can it. Burn. I want every copy of Zorba that's ever been printed uh, no. in my um, fucking no. hands, and that's I want to okay. burn it. Then I want to go find John Kander and slap him in the face and say, "How the fuck did you write this? Give me he another." Didn't write the book. I mean, yeah, yes, he true. participated in the creation of the music, <clears throat> but don't. I'm going to go it. find the dude Use who it. fucking wrote this and spit on his grave. I'm not. I'm too lazy. That's why you're not. <laughs> That's funny. Yesterday, when I was in Boston, we were in Salem, and we went to, like, the cemetery that has... Tichuba? No. (laughs) I was actually really... Whatever. Like, long story. There was, like... One of the cemeteries, like, has these little monuments to all the women and all the the other, you know, the few men, like, associated with them that were hanged and stuff. Um, And there's little monuments to all of them, but I didn't know where they were actually buried. They weren't buried in that cemetery. But anyway, one of the... One of the judges who basically mm-hmm. sentenced all these women was buried there. And I was like, let's go find his tombstone and spit on it. But then we couldn't find it. Spitting on a tombstone, something that I uh, am comfortable with. Because mm. who the fuck cares? Well, yeah. I hated Zorba. It was not good. The show itself. I mean. Because then you have fucking Marin Maisie and well, Santina yeah. Fontana who are great. Yeah. Elizabeth A. Davis, also yeah. great. Not that they really gave her anything no. to do besides no. walk around in a black dress. And then get murdered. And then get murdered. Great. I don't... Did she have a song? She did. After they had sex. Like, at the beginning of the first act. I mean, second act. Don't even remember. It was like it. a duet with Santino Fontana. Think about that Because time, she was I like, was I just... can't say anything. I'm... I'm feeling all of these things for mm. the first time since my husband died, mm. but I can't speak. Right. So she sings. We sing when we can't. What is it? What is we Christian? sing when we can't speak anymore. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Something. Um, anyway. I fucking hated Zorba. I honestly, aside from the music, again, I guess because taken out of context, the songs don't really say anything about the what's being said in the show, right? You know, I felt like every time Marin came out, I was like, yay, Marin's back <laughs> and she's singing something. Yeah. And I had no fucking idea what she was saying, what it had to do with what was going. I mean, she was like, oh, like Zorba, go do this. Like, she, I didn't really get it. I didn't yeah. get what her function was mm-hmm. besides being beautiful and singing pretty. Yeah. Like, I don't. I mean, I think aside from the horror of the show itself, and the message it sends, it also just doesn't work. Mm. So let's just stop doing it. Yeah, just never do it ever again. Yeah, there's no reason to. There's no reason to. There's nothing. There's nothing redeeming in it whatsoever. The score, perhaps, outside of the show. Sure, so like pluck a song and do it in a concert. Yeah. But burn every copy of Zorba. Don't burn it. Use it it. to teach people. Burn it. On what not to write and how not to write. Yeah. Yeah. Don't burn mine, Kampf. Why not? <sighs> Just because we don't burn books, Patty? Yeah. Because we use them. Those who do not acknowledge history are deemed to repeat it. Okay. Well, I don't disagree. Obviously, right. I agree so with that. So that's part but- of it. <sighs> Some people can't be trusted with the history. I That I completely understand. Because you know there's some fucking... There was a... I'm sure some fucking dude that got dragged to Zorba but, that was like, yeah. Because you know. <laughs> there's some fucking... Fucking woman got slashed! I know. <sighs> I don't think that person like, goes to city I center. I don't think men 
realize how terrifying that is. I mean, they clearly don't. They clearly don't. Well, not the men who do it. Right. No, but even the men that don't do do it. I don't think even men that men that are like, you know, when that woman of that that video of that woman walking through New York City for ten like all of these men all of a sudden were like, I I had no idea it was so bad. Yeah. And then we're also like, I don't know, you just ignore it or whatever. And you're like, Yes, but here's the thing. Every once in a while, a woman is murdered. Right. And not every once in a while. More than every once in a like, while. Yeah. Quite often, sure, women sure. are slashed and murdered yeah. for being like, no, thank you. So you have yeah. no fucking idea. Zorba should die. That's all. Well, next season looks better of Encores. <laughs> it was... Released today. It was a rough season at Encores. They just, I don't know who picked the shows this season, but they did not pick good shows. It was rough. We didn't, which one didn't we see? Paint Your Wagon. Yeah, that's the one. Because we saw saw the the bandwagon. And you saw Lady Be Good. Right. Which I didn't see. And we didn't see Paint Your Wagon. Right. Why were there four shows? No fucking clue. I don't know. Why was Zorba happening? Well, we'll never know. But let's not ever do it again, guys. Never. Never. There's no reason to. Oh, my God. I don't even... If somebody walked up to me and was like, I love Zorba, I... Part of me would want to pick their brain and be like, please explain. And the other part of me would want to be like, oh, I'm so glad that I know that you hate women now. (laughs) Thought Like, great information to have. Yeah. Let's never speak again. But also explain. Explain to me before I shun you. Sure, 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 sure. Because you're clearly a misogynist if you like that show. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, next season, one of my favorite musicals, 1776. I'm excited. I've never seen it. And I've listened to like, she plays the violin. No, he plays the violin. He plays the violin. He plays it. Not she. No. Is is she the violin? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That song is about sex. It's A, about how sexy it is that Thomas Jefferson plays the violin, but it's also about her strings are unstrung. He's got great... Finger dexterity. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That is a great show. Wait, which character? It's, wait, Thomas Jefferson. What's his wife's name? Martha Jefferson and Abigail Adams. A lot of ladies named Martha. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, there are only two female characters, but it's a show mm. about old white men. But the female Great. characters and the actual like historical figures themselves. How about were we do great. 1776 cast in the style of Hamilton? Great. Sign me up. Yeah. I mean, that's Who sort of LaShawn's what Hamilton play? is. Who does LaShawn's already? play? Shh, shut up. Who does LaShawn's play? Well, but now you're also saying like gender blind casting because that's not the style of Hamilton. What? No. Oh, okay. There's two female characters. Okay. All right, Which all right, one does right, right. LaShawn's play? LaShawn's would play... Well, LaShawn's could play either because she has yeah. a soprano range. Yeah. She'd probably be more of an Abigail. Okay. Because she has more, like... Who's Martha Lewis is play? like young and uh, uh, they're newlyweds uh, and, you know, Abigail and John have been married for a long time okay. and they are a partnership. Will you... Will you Hamilton Dreamcast 1776 oh, for me right God, now? God, yes. Well, Joshua Henry should be Thomas Jefferson. Great. And Philip Boykin would be a great Benjamin Franklin. Okay. He would be fantastic. Especially because my first thought was like the John Cullum character is the mean, horrible, racist South uh, Carolinan mm. 
um, senator, but I, I don't want to make Philip Boykin a bad guy again. Yeah. You know, I don't want to tag cast him. Norm Lewis could play that part. Norm Lewis, um, would be, Norm Lewis would be an interesting John Adams, although he's tall. John Adams is kind of supposed to be short. Hmm. It doesn't really matter because he's also not black. (laughs) (laughs) What if you reject him? He's too tall. (laughs) I don't think we can cast him. (laughs) Um. Oh God. I, you know, and Joshua Henry. No, I'll stick with. I was going to say I maybe I'm just putting him in in Thomas Jefferson because I have like a crush on Thomas Jefferson. But he also would and you be, also have a crush on Joshua yeah, Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think he he'd be a good. Um, yeah, he'd be a good Thomas Jefferson. Why is there someone else you're also thinking would be know. maybe I'm just, more well, I'm suited like, for who Thomas Jefferson? Should Chris Jackson be? Oh, you know, I don't know because. Um, he could be in there too. They're like they're all a little too young. Although Chris Jackson's older than Joshua Henry, Norm Lewis. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Norm Lewis as John Adams. There's so many characters. Uh, <laughs> what about the ladies? The ladies. Well, Lashans is a great choice. Okay. Hmm. Maybe Adrian Warren. That is who would I be was a great thinking. Martha. Yeah. Wonderful. She would be great. She's going to sing. He plays violin. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Wait, who's playing Thomas Jefferson? Joshua Henry. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Can't wait to see this. Mm. Encores. Hear my call. Yeah. Who? Well, hold on. There's another song in there. Because uh, well, who's going to be the bad guy? Who's going to sing molasses to rum to slaves, which is going to be weird. Whoa. Molasses to rum <laughs> to slaves? It's about the um, the triangle trade. Oh. Um, because the Thomas Jefferson, trade? even though he had slaves, he also was like... It's also terrible. Right. And yeah, I get into arguments with one of my friends about really, this all the time because she a, loves Thomas Jefferson and she's like, but, but like he was good to his slaves. I mean, and it's, it's not, not, not like, cause that's a and, dumb thing to say, right. but she's more like, okay, if you really look at the time period, if you were super, super against slavery, one thing you could do is be a hardcore abolitionist and really preach against it. Right. The other thing you could do is have slaves that you treated like people and mm-hmm. kept them from being enslaved by bad people. Right. And I was like, kind of, no, I guess I know. not really. It's awful. And it's, I think if you believe something, something you fucking fight for it, no matter cannot. what, even if you're, but it, they're also politicians. Well, so they're yeah. dirty and scumbags. Like, so. Well, yeah. Even, even Thomas Jefferson. Um, yeah. Cause in the original, like let's make America, they were like, Hey, no slavery. Right. And then people were like, no, we no. want our slaves. We're not going to make America without slaves. And they yeah. were like, guess we got to keep slavery around if we want to make America. Yeah. That worked out well. Mm. Yeah. No. No, it didn't. No. No, this country is a fucking mess. Um, but who would be that person? Let me think. Mm, somebody like older. Mm. Ben Vereen. Oh my god! Oh my god! You, I wish you could see your face. What just happened on your face? No, especially because the other thing that immediately clicked with Ben Vereen is that like everyone loves Ben Vereen. Everyone loves, and I think ben it would be Vereen. so interesting Does to have play him play evil? that character. Great, yeah. Sign me up. I yeah. bet he'd do it. Ben Vereen is awesome. I love Ben. Doesn't Vereen. he follow us on Twitter? I think he does. Yeah, because I remember getting a notification yeah. like two years ago being yeah. like, I think I Instagrammed it or oh, texted you or definitely. something. Yeah, this is good. This is good. Awesome. Yeah. We're just going to write a strongly worded letter to Encores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Women in art. Women yeah. in art. Yeah. Oh, 
No, yeah. <laughs> now, <you're> just, <laughs> now when the cast gets announced, you're going to be in well, rage. I well, I mean, I'm still excited about it. Me too, me too. I'm and excited. I've never seen it. I don't you know. You know what's interesting? Because Encore does that thing that you talk about all the time uh, with like two two people of color mm-hmm. in, in the ensemble. Mm-hmm. There's no real, there's really no ensemble. Oh. In 1776, the ensemble is the Continental Congress. Right. They all essentially Our have characters. character names. So I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means oh, I'm sure they it'll be are all going white to still have an ensemble just to have voices mm, or probably not. if it's they're just, all going to no, be no, white no, people. Gonna, I'm sure. but it doesn't have to be, you guys. Maybe they'll be inspired by Hamilton mm, and maybe, maybe. not not uh you know hamilton casting right. as in there's only one white person but sure hamilton casting as in oh this hispanic person is going right. to play a white person well the thing about it is it's encores and it's a subscriber system their subscribers average age is well, 115 I know, but if they're already subscribed based on the shows and sure, based on but encores what do you think those people want to see this is just like I when know, playwrights know, know. shorten the flick because I their know. audiences were like, this play is too long. Yeah. I, I don't want to sit through it. <laughs> I know. Well, you know what? You already did. I don't know why you would. Whatever. Nope. Can't. Can't. Because they in. don't want it the next time. They don't want another. Th- There's n- no, 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 no. But like reason. if you're halfway through your run and the people who have previously seen it are like, this play is too long. It made me really angry. I would be like, sucks to be you. I mean, whatever. Obviously, that's me and I'm that type of person. Yeah. But it just seems like the the second half of the run, the people, they haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. They may or may not think that it's too long. Yeah. But you know what? Annie Baker likes her fucking pauses. So <laughs> deal with yeah. it. It really upset me that playwrights did I had just become a, 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 like a member. Mm-hmm. Just. It was like the first email I ever got from them. I had no idea what was going on. I was so confused. <laughs> and then I like, you know, yeah, understood the whole situation. and was like, wow, it's I can't dumb. believe I just became a member of a theater company that decided to change their content based on their subscriber base. Yeah. Well, what a bummer. But you know what? Playwrights is pretty good. Yeah. Can't win them all. Can't win them all. I don't even mean like, I don't know what I meant by that. Can't win them all? Yeah. No, I get it. Okay. They can't all be gems. Yeah. That's what I, I don't guess. like his yeah, all the musicals that I've seen well, at yeah, playwrights we I haven't that, liked. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well the other shows, one I vaguely know, do I hear a waltz? Mm. I mean, vaguely in that I know it exists. Yeah. And that it's Stephen Sondheim and it's one of his first. Right. But that's about it. Me I don't know it. Yeah. And the other one is um, Cabin in the Sky. Never heard of it, but I liked it from the description of it. Something yeah. about gospel. Yeah, yeah. Done. So I'm wait, aboard. let me read it to you. It's 1940s, so. Mm. 1940 musical Cabin in the Sky um, tells a fable-like tale of a battle between good and evil. Is known for celebrating the African-American experience in music and dance. Oh my God. So there wow. you go. Ongors. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So now they, the, maybe they did that so they could do 1776. Right. With all, all white people. <laughs> yep. Sure. Whatever. Yep. Balance it out. You know what? Fucking throw Kate Baldwin in there. And- <laughs> <laughs> the sad part is that there are only two female roles and they're fucking kick-ass All female, female 1776. But, well, who were we talking? We were talking about that with someone. Doing an all-female 1776. Yeah. Do I can't it. remember who. Do it. I can't remember if it was on this podcast or if it was off off the record or what. I don't remember. But I remember the conversation happening. Right. And I was like, I'm on board. 
Is there a part for Carolee? I want to play. Sure. Which one? I don't know. Who does Carolee play? Carolee could play Thomas Jefferson. Great. Love it. She'd be a good Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Or she'd actually be a good John Adams. John Adams? Yeah. Cool. Who's like the main character. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And everybody hates him. What? <laughs> that He's, actually would be interesting. I'm obnoxious. I dislike, is... you know, that's so. Indeed I do. <laughs> it's so good. I can't wait. I'm so excited. <laughs> I love 1776 so much. Are you going to wear your I love history t-shirt? Oh, why wouldn't I? <laughs> I love it. I love 1776. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm pretty excited too. Thank you, Encores. Oh, you know, Thanks you for think, making it up You to know me. me. Yeah. You know me. I'm going to like this show, right? I'm not going to walk out of it you being like, like it. God, I hate white men because I do. I don't think so. I mean, okay, first of all, you have to understand that it is about what it's about. Sure, sure, sure. You know sure. what I mean? Right. But the music is great. The two female characters are are awesome female characters, okay, especially like John and Abigail's relationship is so great right. because, you know, he's writing to her for advice on what to do yeah. to start the country. You awesome. know what I mean? They are a partnership and in the few scenes that she has, it's very apparent. Cool. It's great. Awesome. And she's real sassy too. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Because she's like, he's like, um, hey, I need all this stuff from you, from the women uh, who are, you know, helping us out. We need saltpeter for uh, gunpowder or something. I don't know how science works, but <laughs> something like that or how gun science works. And she's like, okay, but first uh, we need straight pins because we're like, like helping the war and making like sales and clothes and blah 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 so you'll get yours when i get mine nice (laughs) what a boss yeah it's great oh i can't wait i'm so excited i hope you like it i don't think it'll be one of your faves but the music is really good and depending on the casting it'll be absolutely phenomenal wonderful you know who does Brian Stokes Mitchell play in Hamilton cast 1776? Oh my God. Well, now you've just. <laughs> I just threw a wrench in. I mean, I guess if Ben Vereen passes. Okay, okay. And not that Brian Stokes Mitchell should be a backup. Sure. But <laughs> for anything. Um, I mean, he could be. He could be John Adams and Norm Lewis could be someone else. I don't know. I mean, because the three main dudes are John Adams. Thomas Jefferson and Ben Franklin. Cool. And then wait, so who plays every, Ben Franklin? You haven't cast well, Philip Boinkin. Oh, Philip Boinkin. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um, who I guess I mean any of these men could play any of these characters, and all of like I said, there's no real ensemble. Right. Most of the members of the Continental Congress have some small thing to do. Right. You know, I'm trying to think of who should play the. Um, there's like a um, courier or messenger, I guess is, I don't know what his, but he has this really, really, really heartbreaking song where he comes in and he sings it about like a friend that he had who died mm. in the war. Um, I'm trying to think who could sing that song. He's like young, so it would have to be somebody young. Like how young? Maybe, well, he's supposed to be probably like 18 or uh, something. Uh, uh. Hold on, I can't remember his name. Kyle Beltran from Fortress of Solitude. All right. He might be good. What about Kyle Scatlin? I mean, again, all of these people could Wonderful. be in any of these roles. Let's do it. He's a little young, but, you know, I don't know, whatever. Whatever. Who fucking cares? Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm on board. Great. 
And then the only other thing we have to talk about is Adina Menzel is coming to a city near you. You know what? I think this is so fucking cool. I love it. I think it is so awesome of her to do that because going on tour like is a lot yeah and it is you know she's a mother and like all that shit and like it's a fucking lot to go yeah. on tour and it's exhausting i'm sure and like you're living out of a hotel room for yeah. like a year or whatever you know like it's a lot and i think it is so fucking cool that she's doing it well and i think twofold she tours she does world mm. tours and she does concert tours a lot so like, yes, she's used to it, but also, like, she does it a lot. Right. So she doesn't have to yeah. do this. And I think it's interesting that um, whatever we may feel about the shows and the writers, that both this and Next to Normal, both Yorkie and Kit shows, mm. had their leading ladies go tour on tour women. with yeah. the shows. It's great because I that doesn't really happen anymore. Right. Like, and it's it really rare. And it thing. used to be such a thing. Like, oh my God, you know, the star is, of course, taking on the road because people wanted to see the star. And that is not, that doesn't happen anymore. It's right. not, you're not going to see the Broadway cast on the tour. You know, you're maybe going to see the Broadway understudy on the tour yeah. or like whatever. But you're not going to see the star. And I I just think it's so awesome. Well, I think it's interesting, too, because it's like a chicken and the egg situation. What made that person a household name? Mm-hmm. That they were a Broadway star mm-hmm. or that they went on tour? Mm-hmm. Like, what was the draw? Did right. people know Mary Martin because she went on tour? Or did right. they go see her on tour and because she was on Broadway? Right. Right. And I think it's a little bit of both. Totally. Obviously, it started somewhere. Who knows? But, like... This is one of the ways that we can get back to people knowing who Broadway stars Broadway are. People. And we can have Audra McDonald's. Yes. We can have yes. Broadway stars who sell tickets. Let's do it. Teamwork. <laughs> Teamwork makes the dream work. Carolee, 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 Carolee. Update. Carolee Carmelo took a picture with Kate Baldwin. <laughs> you took a picture of Carolee Carmelo with Kate Baldwin. Yes. Wait, what did I say? You said she took a picture with Kate Baldwin, oh, but I, I wanted to point out right. that you're the one that For took a picture. For a second, I thought that I had said I like that Kate Baldwin took a picture of Carolee or something. No, I just I wanted to reiterate gibberish. the fact. I took it. I have. Yeah. No, that's the most important part yeah. is that I took the photograph. Yeah. I was standing a mere foot away from them. Mm-hmm. They were hugging each other. You were farther than a foot. That's sure, real sure, close. Sure, that's right. That's right. I was <laughs> Three feet away for an appropriate <laughs> photograph. <laughs> like right in their face. I felt face. so close to them. Mm. It was wonderful. Um, and I haven't watched it yet, but actually a legitimate thing that happened with Carolee Carmelo mm-hmm. this week, besides being the most beautiful woman on earth. Um, I'm sorry, like, that's Mary Beth Peel. Even though Carolee is beautiful. We call Mary Beth Peel the most gorgeous woman in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, I didn't Mary mean Beth, to create competition. I'm just saying, Mary Beth Peel is the be- most beautiful one on earth, but Carolee Carmelo is the most beautiful one on earth, and I have feel <laughs> no need to qualify <laughs> any of that at all. Fair enough. There's, a, I haven't watched it yet, but on Broadway.com, there's um, a Mother's Day video. They took some mothers, some ladies to to like a nail salon or something, which is also funny because that New York Times article just came yeah. out about nail salons. So I'm I wonder sure if they took way in the works ahead mm, of time. Well, sh- uh, yeah, I wonder what nail salon they. I wonder, wonder how well they tipped. I haven't had my nails done in probably two years, and I just never will ever again. Mm. It's awful, awful. Anyway. They went and got their nails done, all these ladies, and now there's a great, there's a video. I'm going to watch it. Um, 
and it looked delightful. Yeah. And Carly had like beautiful flowers <laughs> in her hair. Well, she they were being pampered. Gorgeous. <laughs> she looked amazing. And um, what else happened with Carly this week? I don't know. I fell more in love with her. I don't know. Just every time I see her. Yeah. Every time I see her, I fall more and more in love. Now yeah. it's getting weird. I got to stop talking about her. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for the Laura Benanti Tweet, tweet of, of the week. week. All right. Laura Benanti tweeted on May 8th at 1143 a.m. I was just told I'm allergic to gluten and dairy, which means I can't eat pizza. This is more upsetting than both my divorces. <laughs> I just want Laura Benanti to know that um, she can still eat pizza. Yep. Because clearly pizza hasn't killed her yet. Nope. So whatever allergy and or non-existent gluten sense, like <laughs> dairy, lactose intolerant. I'm sorry. You don't Listen. wake up when you're in your 30s and suddenly become lactose intolerant. Well, here's the thing. An allergy to gluten is not a thing. Right. No, there's no such thing as an allergy to gluten. If you don't have celiacs, you do not have a gluten issue and at all. it's not an allergy. If you do have celiac, it's an autoimmune disease. Right. It's like any other autoimmune disease. And the thing is, it feels, I think when it starts, and depending on how like drastically you have it... Uh, you like, you know, I feel sick and it right. may cause like poop problems right. and no, things no, no. like you're, that. You're like, and it, like, to my understanding, if you have celiac disease, you know that you have like, you, you like aren't people with like legitimate celiacs are diagnosed younger? Well, or you're just no, sick all the actually, time. It, it, it can crop up in your, I don't know about lactose intolerance, but oh, okay. it's one of those things that you can like have and sort of the more you eat those things, right. the the more it becomes a problem. So like sure. then it does come out later in life sure. because well, you've been eating those it your things, whole life. I think, it, right. It's like that thing where you're like, I don't really have any food problems. And mm-hmm. then you're like, oh man, I feel so sick after I ate that pizza. And you're like, probably because I just ate that pizza. <laughs> and then later you're like, oh, it was because of I can't process gluten. Right. You know, not, but that's the thing about gluten people is that it's gluten people. I just, I have such a fucking issue with the gluten fad. It drives me insane. It's not a diet. No. It's a disease. No. It's and a the condition. people that are like, I have a gluten sensitivity. You just and I feel so much better now that I cut it out of my life. Yeah, you cut it out of your like you feel better because you're eating better. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you stopped eating an entire pizza, Laura Benanti, and you feel better? Wow, must be the gluten, not the <laughs> fucking entire pizza that you ate. I just it's one of my pet peeves. I know. Peeves. It's Me one of my too. pet peeves. Do you know it? Because my boyfriend has celiacs and it also people will be like I mean, but can you really eat gluten or are you like, we'll say that to him, which I understand why, but he's the person that That is like, no, no, do you want a note from my doctor? Right. (laughs) Well, it's like things like, I don't know why we're talking about this for so long, but it's one of our pet peeves. So we want (laughs) to vent about how annoying it is. This episode, it's a lot. We're putting a lot out on the table. But like, well, last time we were at Bear Burger, love Bear Burger, Mm -hmm. but Maybe I wasn't with you. Maybe I don't it was think someone so. else. I well, noticed that they have several things on their menu that are labeled gluten free. Right. They have an asterisk, tiny little asterisk down at the bottom uh-huh. of the menu, and you read it, and it's like all of our gluten free products are still made. Oh, right. In conjunction with, like, on the same cutting board, whatever. So if you have, and it says like if you have celiac disease, like you should not. 
like basically you shouldn't mm-hmm. order any of these things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, then what's the fucking point of having it? Why why have gluten-free options that a person with celiac disease can't fucking eat? Mm. Like, this is the distinction between, like, someone who thinks they have a gluten sensitivity, which is not a thing that exists at all in the world, and someone that has celiacs is, like, there was this great article that was, yeah. like, you're all dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I read that That one. had the example <laughs> that was, like, if you think you have a gluten insensitivity, quote unquote, and you're stupid and you go to an Italian restaurant and you order the gluten-free pasta and you're fine. If you have celiac disease, you don't go there because there's nothing you're going to order. Right. Because you can't eat it because it will make you sick because that gluten-free pasta was made on the same cut, whatever. It's made next to all the other stuff. Well, it's like a peanut allergy. And to be fair, there are... People with peanut allergies don't fucking eat at Thai places. Even people with... Like, even people with celiac disease, though, there are varying Sure, sure, sure. Of course. So, like... Things that are gluten-free but aren't labeled gluten-free because they were made in a factory where other things with gluten were made. So technically they can't be called gluten-free. My boyfriend can eat those things. But other people with celiac wouldn't be able to. They would make them sick. But yes, absolutely. uh, If you have celiac disease, you don't really go to Italian restaurants. (laughs) Um, Probably you can order gnocchi. That's maybe the only thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have to make sure they make it there because, spoiler Mm. alert, most pre-made gnocchis are not gluten-free, even though it's like potato, supposed to be potato-based, whatever. So if you think that you have a gluten insensitivity, um, you're wrong. And congratulations on eating better and feeling better mm-hmm. that's awesome it has nothing to do with gluten stop thinking that and stop asking for gluten-free pastries because we don't fucking sell them and you know you're gonna buy that croissant anyway i mean i guess that's the other thing like i'm just when so, you do that then you're like that's then, uh, so fuck's your fucking it's problem. not a thing yeah. or just if you can just do the that simple fact that someone this happens all the time and this is why i know everyone is bullshit because if you had celiac disease, mm-hmm. like if your boyfriend came into the cafe and looked into the pastry case that was full of croissants, all the croissants are touching each other. They're mixed. They're commingling right. with donuts and waffles <laughs> and cookies. You would not, he would not look into the pastry case and say, is anything in this case gluten-free? Because it's commingling with no, things that it have would gluten. Be not, it would be in a different case right. if it were gluten-free. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so people do that all the time. They look into the pastry case and they're like, is anything in here gluten-free? And I'm like, no. We have these bars that are gluten-free. See how they're packaged? (laughs) And not touching any of the things that have gluten in them. Do you guys have almond milk? Yeah. Fuck you. What? That's just my other pet peeve. Oh. The almond milk thing is the same thing. Like when we run out of almond milk. Mm. Oh, you don't have almond milk? I'll take half and half. (laughs) The fuck were you drinking almond (sighs) milk for? Also, you know what? There's a drought in California. God, we got to get off a soapbox. Okay. I mean, I'm like, I've got one foot on the soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show. Until next week, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Patty, the letter N, Emily, Patty, N, Emily. You can follow us individually at Patty with Y and at Emily Faye Oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching Patty and Emily. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us and leave us a comment and we'll read it on the show. Send us your topic suggestions, questions, dreamcasts, etc. And in the meantime, go, go see live theater. theater.